Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 and Luke 1. Hebrews 10 and Luke 1. Of course, we understand that Jesus Christ was not born on December 25th, but we do remember His birth on this day. And September 25th, of course, was a a pagan holiday. It was a day that the ancient Romans would worship their gods. And so the Christians in that day decided to worship Jesus Christ on that day instead. And that's better, isn't it? Amen? So we do remember the birth of Jesus Christ on this day. And I'm so thankful that He came. Look with me in Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews in chapter 10, verse 5. You know what? Let's start reading in verse 1. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, of the things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year, continually make the comers thereunto perfect. Now remember what the book of Hebrews. Who is the book of Hebrews written to? Hebrews, right? These are Jewish Christians that were living in the shadow of the temple. And so the writer of Hebrews is saying that these sacrifices, these Old Testament sacrifices, had to be made over and over and over again, and none of those sacrifices could make the offerer perfect. That's what the text said. Look at verse 2. For then would they not have ceased to be offered? Because that the worshipers, once purged, should have no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. The high priest would have to go into that holy, the, the holiest of holies every year. Once a year, he'd have to go back and make sacrifices for those same sins. Those same sins over and over again. Because there was remembrance of sin. The sin hadn't been washed away because the Messiah hadn't come and died on the cross yet. But look what the verse says. Verse 4. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, this is Christ, then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book it is written of me to do thy will, O God. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Lord, thank you for your explanation of why you sent your son. And Lord Jesus, thank you for the explanation of why you came. So, Lord, help us as we study this this morning to have a real understanding of Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen. This is, uh, several years ago, I preached a message from this text called The Night Before Christmas. The Night Before Christmas. Because the night before Christmas, Jesus Christ said to his Father, You've prepared for me a body. And that body came. And the wonderful thing about Christmas is what happened in one moment. In one moment, 1997, 14 years ago, I wrote an article called In One Moment about the birth of Jesus Christ. And I want to revisit some of those thoughts this morning and tie it in with the text that we just read. Because we see that in one moment, in one moment, our Savior was born in a a cave 
in Bethlehem. In one moment, the world was changed. In one moment, that one that made everything became a thing. Look at Luke chapter 1 and verse 35. Imagine this, the God of the universe, the one that spoke everything into existence, the one who lived before anything else existed. He is eternal with the Father. Listen to what the Bible says about him in verse 35. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. The one that created all things became a thing for you and me. The one who is the object of all worship became an object for you and for me. The one with limitless power took on flesh and bones and was subject to the limitations of flesh and bones for the time that he was here. It's an amazing Amazing thing. In one moment, one seemingly insignificant measurement on the span of time, the Word became flesh. In that moment, undiminished deity took on the garb of humanity so that depravity might be rendered savable. It's an amazing, amazing gift. Why, why in the world would Jesus Christ take on a body? And think about what that body was like. It was a body like our body. The Bible says that he was made like us. The Bible says that he grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Imagine this little toddler, this little baby walking around, that little hand that touched the mother's cheek was the hand that created the whole world. That arm that would put around his mother's neck, and there's nothing like when a little child puts their arm around the mother. I see TJ back there with his arm around his mother right now. I think about these children. That's what our Messiah looked like. That's how he came. And that that little arm that went around the mother's neck was the Everlasting arm that holds us all when we're saved. That little child. That little child that came in one moment of time became the one that would bear the sins of the world. Have you ever thought, I wonder if he ever had heartburn? Uh, Interesting, isn't it? He was a man. He got tired. He had to rest. That's the Messiah. The, The limitless one. The one that's omnipotent and has all power and it's impossible to diminish his strength. Got tired. That's an unbelievable thought. And he did that for you and for me. Where was he when the storm took place on the Sea of Galilee? And his disciples came and said, Carest thou not that we perish? He was asleep. Bottom of the boat. Why was he asleep? Because he was tired. That's the one that created the whole world. That's what happened at Christmas. The great God, the creator of the world, the pre-existent one, the one who existed with the Father before the world was, according to John 17, 5. 
That's the one that came at Christmas. That's who we worship, that child. I wonder what it was like for him growing up. What, can you imagine what it was like having a perfect brother? Wade, that's not you. Trust me, that's not you. And Brent, it's not you either, my brother. See, Wade was the one that was out there causing all the trouble. Wade was the, or Brent was the quiet one in the back burning the house down, you know. You see, it was Christ, and he was the perfect brother. And listen to how hard it was for his brothers. They didn't believe in him. They thought he was crazy. They thought he was nuts. Jesus Christ, when he came into Nazareth and preached the gospel there for the first time as the revealed Messiah, they wanted to kill him. And he said, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, in his own, in his own home, and among his own kin. His own brothers didn't believe in him. His own family didn't believe in him. Aren't you glad, though? We know that James, the brother of Jesus, got saved. We know that he was willing to be killed and to be beheaded for Jesus Christ. That's okay. This is Christmas Sunday. It's great to have the children in here, isn't it? See, here's the thing. Our Savior came like a man in the flesh so that He could die for us. In one moment, in one moment, our King, the very Son of God, became whippable. He became able to be spat upon. He became pierceable. He was able to be crucified. That's why He came. That's what Hebrews 10 says. Thou hast prepared for me a body. Why did He prepare a body for Him? Because those sacrifices of bulls and goats, the blood of bulls and goats, were never able to pay for sin. There was always remembrance of sin every year after those sacrifices were made. And what that blood did was that blood covered the sin for a little while, but it could never cleanse from sin. But on Christmas morning, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Bible says, For the law came by Moses, but grace and truth by Jesus Christ. You see, that Son of God knew as He looked down and as He watched those sacrifices year after year after year, because without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. The blood had to be shed year after year after year. Until one year, Jesus Christ said, Enough. And He came and died Himself so that He could offer us the greatest gift. The Bible says this, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You see, our Savior at Christmas time in that one moment, took on flesh and blood, flesh and bones, so that he could be beaten 
so that he could give us the greatest gift, and that's eternal life. That's forgiveness for sin. That's hope in heaven. That's a joyful life now. I don't know about you, but I watch people, and you know what, you know what people need more than anything else? They need to be saved. And then saved people need to be able to live in the peace and the joy of their salvation. Because our hope is not only life in heaven forever with Jesus Christ, our hope is now having, having a reason to live. Understanding what true value is, understanding what true meaning is. And I'll tell you this, uh, when, when Laura gave me this note this morning about Diana's dad and about Judy's mom, you know the thought that I had was? first thought that I had was, how sad it is for these people at this time of year to be dealing with something like this. And it's sad any time. But when you're supposed to be with family celebrating, to be in this situation, it's so difficult. But you know, you know what the, the next thought that I had was? That's why Jesus came. The Bible says, For as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. The Bible says that Death came by one man, but so did life. That one man, when he became a man, Jesus Christ became a man so that we could have eternal life, so that life could have meaning, so that life could have purpose, so that there can be, so that there can be closure to all of this mess in the world. That's why Jesus Christ came. And I know the question sometimes is asked, well, then why is it still a mess? Because people rejected him. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But to as many as received him, to them gave he power to be called the sons of God. Now we can become a son of God, and eventually he will come to clean it up. And we look for that day, but why hasn't he come yet? Because of his mercy, because of his grace, because the fullness of the Gentiles hasn't come in yet. There are people that still need to be saved. Eventually, the last person will be saved, and Jesus Christ will return. But until then, He died for you. He came at Christmas for you. He wants you to have eternal life. He wants you to have hope of heaven. He wants you to have that greatest gift. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What a wonderful gift. I'm so glad that in one moment, undiminished deity took on the garb of humanity so that depravity might be rendered savable. What happened on the cross? When Jesus Christ died on the cross and He paid the sin and He said, It is finished! Then He was buried for three days and He rose from the dead. What happened? Everyone wasn't saved. But now, everyone can be. See, God has done all the work. God has done all of the work. God has made the sacrifice himself. He's paid the penalty. He's been risen from the dead. He's given us the word of God. He sent out his preachers and teachers to tell us there's hope. There, there's a chance to have that eternal life. There's the ability to have that salvation. He's done it all. All you have to do is receive the gift. Some of you have already received gifts. How many of you have opened presents already? Isn't it awesome? I love. Some people say it's better to give than receive. No. No. My name's Jimmy, and I'll take all you give me. What did you have to do to get those gifts? You just had to receive them. What did you have to do to make it yours? Open it. 
Receive it, take it. That's what eternal life is. That's what salvation is. It's a gift from the Father through the death of Jesus Christ for you and for me. That's what happened in that one moment. Amazing. In one moment, the personification of truth was revealed, and now we no longer stumble in darkness. The truth of Christ is like the light of the sun multiplied by infinity. In Him is no darkness at all. He is the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. When the Word of God says that the Prince of Heaven humbled Himself, what it is saying is simply, God with us. In one moment, God became a man. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. In one moment, God became a man, fully man without sin, together with undiminished deity. So praise His name for that one moment. Lord, thank You so much for coming at Christmas.